What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Amatelic TIS podcast with your host, George Shirley. Jai Shieldtor on this Friday, December the 3rd, the weekend of Friday, December the 3rd, the opening weekend of the month of December, the year 2021. Lots to do, lots to talk about here on this weekend program. Get into the Major League Baseball lockout that will occur, you know, for the uh, time being indefinitely as uh, 11.59, p.m. December the 1st is coming gone. Give my two cents on the lockout here at the top, a little different, something a little different here to start the program uh give you uh, my opinions and my takeaways from a couple of free agency signings that took place uh within the sport of major league baseball uh prior to the uh december 1st uh lockdown earlier this week uh give my uh, opinions on uh, as we touch on some nba basketball as uh as uh you know we've really haven't given the nba a whole lot of attention and uh airtime because of the fact of course with the nfl and uh, college football being the uh, big time uh i don't want to say talking points but big time subject matters essentially since the world series ended back in early november so we give the nba some attention here uh for the first time in about a month uh, and then we'll get to the Big Ten and SEC ch- football conference championship games. Uh, Alabama, Georgia in the SEC down in Atlanta, and Michigan versus Iowa, I believe, at Indi- in, uh, that game is being played in, in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium uh, come uh, Saturday night. Those are the two big marquee uh, matchups uh, in, in uh, conference championship weekend in college football. Uh, and then, of course, get to the NFL, get to Antonio Brown being uh, among his uh, other teammates uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that are suspended three games for faking a vaccination card. Uh, give you my two cents on that. I will finally get around to screaming and yelling about how in the world the Chargers and Bengals game was not the Sunday night football game of the week yet NBC and the NFL thinks you know, they want to jam Mahomes down your throat that we want to see them go up against the uh, very eh, mediocre uh Denver Broncos going up into Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, of course, uh, the Week 13 preview and the picks, which yours truly failed to do for you last uh, weekend during Thanksgiving. And I will uh, take the hit for that. But we are back and better than ever here on this weekend of December the 3rd. Uh, give you my two cents on the uh, lockout right quick. I tell you something right now, uh, you know, and I tweet, I, I tweeted it in replies and I've been saying it to myself essentially since, uh, you know, since the first of the month, a few days ago on Wednesday, I said, if the player, if the players and the players association and the owners are tone deaf enough and dumb enough to get into a pissing match over, over changing of arbitration and what and a certain age players can hit a free agency uh yeah and, you know ser- manipulation of service time all this other nonsense pace of play desert universal dh all this other stuff if they want to get into a pissing match o- over stuff like that all throughout the winter all throughout the uh 
the uh, winter where technically we aren't in the winter yet. We're still in fall, but I, I've always been this way. Once December 1st comes, it is indeed winter. It is the winter season has begun. Once the calendar flips to, uh, once the calendar flips to December, but if they want to fight all throughout the, all throughout the, uh, the month of December, all throughout January, February, Super Bowl comes and goes and you know we're 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 in a situation where college uh, basketball and the NBA is kind of uh, and if you're a hockey fan, God bless you, you got your NHL where that is the focal point of the uh, of the doldrums on the month of February once the Super Bowl is over. If that's the if and if then they're still fighting and they still don't have a deal done and all of a sudden March comes and Selection Sunday and there's no deal. If they want to sit up here and get into a piss, get into a pissing match over stupid stuff, you know what? They 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 can take their uh, their disagreements and they can take them what they want their collective bargaining agreement. And they can take the 2022 season and uh, stick it where the sun don't shine and all other seasons for that matter because I will be done with the sport entirely if they if they fought around and piss away a season. Okay, it is bad enough that they got that they got into public pissing matches all throughout the all throughout the uh, early parts of the all throughout the spring and early parts of the summer uh because they couldn't agree on a, on a on a schedule with a couldn't agree on a schedule in a in an un, not unrealistic but in an unprecedented 2020 pandemic season and it is bad enough that they got into pissing matches and argued publicly over prorated salaries shared revenue how many games they were going to play all this other gooberish nonsense when Americans were out of work unemployed by the millions millions and you had thousands dropping dead, filling up ICUs and hospitals all over the place, succumbing to, succumbing to this virus that at that, now we, not to say that we know a lot about it now, of course, you know, it's not an exact science and, and the and the COVID information is changing every day. But, you know, back in, back in April, May, and June, May, April, May, June, and July of 2020, we sure knew a hell of a lot less about this virus back then than we do in early in on December 3rd, December 4th, December 5th uh, of uh, 2021. And for those two sides, I killed them last summer. I and I and I and I reiterate the points I made last year again. And the fact that they were dumb enough, self self absorbed enough, and and were really tone deaf and lacked total self awareness for them to. Getting to a pissing match when when both sides you were not necessarily you know everybody lost money. If you were a human being that was previously employed prior to COVID, you lost money during the pandemic. But let's be let's be fair. You you they, and I and I wait here about what about the what about the guy in the minor leagues? Is the guy in the minor leagues necessarily rolling in money? No, but the guy in the minor leagues that's making about about a, about two hundred and fifty thousand, you know, a half a uh, a, half, a half a mil a year, whatever the case might be, the young star that's yet to get his either big payday or is in the doldrums of the minor leagues. You know, was he losing money and, and was he a little bit uh, more concerned about him and his family's well-being than, let's say, you know, Fernando Tatis 
Absolutely. But it wasn't like they, you know, they weren't your local, the owners of your local mom and pa uh, sandwich shop around the corner that couldn't take any, that couldn't take any uh, clientele for the first month or month or so of the pandemic because everything was shut down because of the fact that it was a global health risk. So you got to put it, you got to put everything into, uh, you got to put everything into, a, into some form of objectivity for here. And the fact that they were self-absorbed enough and lacked the total self-awareness to get into a pissing match uh, publicly when when the world was falling apart by the seams, not to mention the whole uh, social justice crisis with George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor, uh, uh, Jacob Blake. I mean, uh, not, 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 not even including that part of what of what made 2020 the tumultuous year that it was, but the fact that they got into it was just absolutely disgraceful and tone deaf, and it turned a lot of people off. And how could you blame them? So if they are going, if they are idiots, uh, that idiotic enough, where they're going to go down that where they where they are going to go down that rabbit hole again and screw away and and piss away a season, you know what? You can have it. You can have it, and you 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 can have it. Because because I will be done with the sport and we done Major League Baseball. You think I'm kidding? If I if I if all I, if I have to talk about and dedicate shows to NBA basketball, so NBA playoff basketball, so be it. If I have to, you know, break down Game Six of the Stanley Cup Finals between, uh, you know, between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights, I will do so. If I got to talk about historic moments in the sport, like I. Did during the pandemic prior to a season, and I have to go down, you know, the historical, uh, historical moments of the sport. I will do so if that means I gotta do what do what a lot of the big time sports shows across America do, and that's talk NFL football when it, you know, when when we're months away from training camp. And you know what? I will fo- I will follow their path, and I might and I might join them in doing so because I do not have any tolerance nor patience for any any of of Major League Baseball or their players' associations. Foolishness. Okay, I, I I can't listen to billionaires and millionaires getting getting to pissing matches and be at each other's throats over stupid, stupid stuff. Stupid. Now, is the sport of baseball perfect? It is not. The games the games are too long. The the pace of play is atrocious. You you got too many top heavy. You got too many teams winning a hundred games, and and then on the flip side, you get too many teams you know losing a hundred, a hundred eleven, a hundred and ten, one oh seven games every single season. You kind of have to. There's a, now, granted, you haven't had a you haven't had a. Uh, a re a repeat World Series champion, you know, in over twenty years. So it's not like that. It's not like that. It's the NBA where you head into these heading head into the season every April, knowing who's gonna knowing who's gonna win the World Series. So it's still unpredict. So it still has this unpredictability and its parity. But that is not until the postseason comes along. Postseason comes comes along, you don't know who's going to win it. You know who thought that the Atlanta Braves, who were below five hundred until August, who had their best player in Roberto Acuna Jr. tear his ACL in July, who thought that they were going to win the World Series when it's all said and done, and the representative out of the National League wasn't wasn't either going to be the Giants or the LA Dodgers. Who who would have who could have guessed? Who would have thought that? You know, so it still 
has its unpredictability and its uh, parity element of the sport in its postseason. But you, but you, but in order for you to get that form of unpredictability and parity of what makes postseason baseball so great, you have to ride out and wait and right, ride out and wait out the doldrums of April, May, June, July, August, September. And if you're like me, a fan of a team that's that you know loses a hundred, he loses a ninety to a hundred plus games every year. You know, like you know, like, like alcohol, like alcoholics down down alcohol down alcohol at ten o'clock in the morning. They do it. They can do it with their eyes closed, with their with the blindfold on. You know, why should why should you care about if if you're a Tiger fan, if you're a Pirate fan, if you're an Oriole fan, if you're a Colorado Rocky fan? Why should should you care about your fa- about your favorite baseball Arizona Diamondback fan? Why should you care about your favorite baseball team? Essentially, once training camp opens up, or 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 once September first comes along, why should you care? Why should you, why should you watch the games? Why should you keep tabs on it? You know, with your phone on your favorite little sports app. Why should you care? And that's a, and that's a big problem. That's a big problem, you know. The, the, the tanking in the sport is a big issue for one thing, and it's not like in football or in basketball where you know you sacrifice a couple of years, you tank, you get immediate you get immediate gratification, you know, at once once that once the draft is coming gone. For in, for instance, you know, my Bengals, one of the worst teams in the sport. Two years ago in 2019, if all goes well and 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 you know and if it's within the good Lord's will and everything goes to plan and 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 the squad up in the Queen City keeps on doing what they're doing, the Bengals could win their division and clinch a playoff spot for the first time since 2015, and then you know go and then you go from there and crazier things have happened. 2019 was was only was only two years ago and the Bengals were a laughing stock. If the rave, if the if uh, if Cleveland could have assembled up some form of offense against Baltimore on Sunday night, the 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 Bengals would be in first place heading into the month of December. And it was only two short years ago where where the Bengals, you know, were either had one win or were still vouching for a win, and were sitting up here talking about, you know, where will the Bengals line up line up, you know, with the top ten draft pick come the draft in the next upcoming spring. Baseball, you don't have that. You know, you can you can't get me a long-suffering uh, Orioles fan or any other fan of a last place team. You can't get them all riled up ab- about draft picks that's going to go towards players who we won't see play at the major league level for another two for another two years at minimum and three four years if everything goes to plan. And who's to say that that you know that they that they end up getting getting uh, involved in cross and in, in the crosshairs of a future trade down the line? So it's just, so you, so you so you don't have that. Everyone everyone you know the Orioles fans I see on Twitter they're all going Google they're all going uh, cocoa for cocoa cuckoo for cocoa puffs because because of the catcher Adley Richardson whatever his name is the uh, catcher out of. Uh, 
the uh, the catcher out of Oregon State. Well, when he gets when he gets to the major leagues and he, and he gets to the major leagues and uh, start and starts producing some wins for my Orioles, then I'll get all wrapped up. Until until then, what, you know, wait, want, want me to go crazy because he because he's playing rookie ball or his double A ball at Bowie? I mean, nobody cares. I mean, I care about the major league product on the field, not what's going on in the minor leagues. You know, and five and five thousand seat stadiums against against other non-major league talent. That that that's how I'm wired, and that's what I care about. Okay, as a franchise that can count on one hand how many t- how many times his team's been in the postseason, that is what I care about. And that's something that needs to be fixed within the sport. That you know that you have way too many teams that are non-competitive and are losing a hundred games year in and year out, hand over fist like it's clockwork. That's that that's bad for the sport. Bad for the sport. Too, and too many too many teams with owners that don't give a crap. Too many teams that 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 are ran horrendously with horrible front offices. Horrible GMs that make horrible trades and 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 go out there and 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 charge fan and charge fans. Now, now it's not like, and it's not like it's the NFL, you know, where they charge you an arm and a leg for the tickets. But at the same time, you know, they still charge you money to go into the building to watch them play, and 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 it's a lackluster, disgusting, embarrassing product that you sit up there in the stadium for for three and a half, four hours to watch every single time you every single time you decide to fork up the money to go to a pirate, go to an Orioles, go to a Diamondbacks game. And that, and that and that's unac- and that's unacceptable. You got to put out a a a, a winning pro- at least, if not a winning at least a respectable product on the field. You know, we you don't you don't have to be we don't it's unrealistic to expect World Series contenders every single year. But it, but it's it's it gets to a point where it's like we don't expect you necessarily to be good. We just expect you just to be watchable. And for my Baltimore Orioles that ha- that had two double-digit losing streaks last year, that's horrendous for the sport. Horrendous. And that's something that has to be fixed with the next CBA. Now, the players never agree to it, but the players have to be... Have to be, have to be, can't be so short-sighted in this. Okay, the NBA, the NBA has a salary cap. Look at how much money NBA players make, and look how big of the stars that the NBA that the NBA players are compared to baseball. NFL same, NFL same deal. That's a salary cap league, shared revenue. You know, you think the you think the NFL players love the fact that they gotta play a 17th game and and they get Thursday night football jammed down their throats. No, but they'll live with it. Why? Because the salary cap in place and the fact that there is a element of shared revenue. So, albeit the Richard Shermans of the world will uh, will uh, will scream and yell, you know, when they have to play a Thursday night game and have a short week and. And you know why are we playing a 17th game? And I'm uh, and I, you, if you guys listen to the show for a good amount of time, I am in full agreement with those NFL players that scream yell about playing on Thursday nights and about the 17th game. But they as but and they have every right to complain. They also will grin and bear it and say, "Hey, although my body will pay for it by the time I'm in my 60s, and although I can't stand the fact that I got to play, you know." A, a full contact physical sport sport and play two games in five days. I'll grin and bear it because because the uh, because the extra 
uh, money that the owners make with the TV contracts with Fox and, and the NFL Network and, and Amazon Prime Video and back in the day with CBS and NBC, I so I down the line will also get will also get a piece of that buy. So although I can't stand it, I can't you know sit up here and go to the point where I'll protest and never play because because it's an extra game check in my pocket and also I will get a piece of that pie with uh you know with the with the with the money that the NFL makes with the Thursday night football game and the seventeenth and the seventeenth game that extends the season an extra week. But uh, but the major league baseball players that and, and everybody that's so and the people that within the sport that are against the salary cap, they can't be so short sighted. They're the only sport in the league without a salary cap. And and that's and that's not by happenstance and that's not coincidental. You got to have in some form of fashion a level playing field. You have to have that. And I don't want to hear about the big market fans. Well, well, just we'll just go ahead and spend more money. It's easier said than done. And when it's not your pocketbook and it's not your money. To be fair to to be fair to the cheapskate owners, you can't sit up here and necessarily tell another human being what to what to do with their money and what to do with the money in their with the money in their bank account. Now they should go out there and spend more money, you know, t- and take a page out of some teams' books and say, hey, you know, if we, we if we, we if you can't beat them, you got to join them. You know, you got to go out there and uh, and, sp- and spend the big bucks and, and 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 put a little bit more money onto the field in order to produce a in order to produce a competitive and a product for your fan base to be proud of on a year in year out basis. So I get that. I understand that part of it too. But you got to have a salary cap in the sport. You have to. You can't sit up here and 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 have and have individual players make more money in a certain season that that are higher than the payroll than the payrolls of the bottom tier teams in the sport because that's not healthy and you're running the sport and the sport is clo- is slowly uh self-destructing when you have things like that that's that's just that that's not a, that's not a sign that the sport is health is going to be healthier long term on top of the fact that you ha- that the umpires in the sports stink, Aaron Hernandez being Aaron Hernandez, Angel Hernandez being one of them, uh, you got to fix you got to fix the umpires and more umpire accountability in the sport. On top of the fact that the games take too long, on top of the fact that the analytics has totally o- overkilled and overtaken the sport to the point where it's where where at times it's not entertaining because all it is is just plugging in numbers and analytical stats and third time through the order and you have not and you and you have uh, pissing changes and mound visits on a loop ad infinitum. So there's many issues in the sport. If you think that the sport of baseball is fine the way it is, you're not paying attention. Baseball times are changing. You got to adapt or die. I'm not saying you know. I'm not saying uh, change the sport altogether. You know. Se- you know. Seven inning game. Seven inning games is a joke. The seven inning double headers. They need. To, they need to get rid of which Manfred said that he would. Uh, so you can't sit up here and 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 change the game entirely. Put a clock in the game where you don't measure it by nine innings and certain clock. So no, the game still needs to be nine innings. You still got to get all twenty-seven outs. I hate the seven-inning doubleheader idea, and uh, and I can't stand the runner on second base, especially in the tenth inning. Now, if it was me, if you are so desperate to have that runner on base to kind of to kind of speed up 
and and get rid of the 16, 17, 18, 19 inning games, which I like. It's one of the beauties of the sport. It's the fact that you can have a game go that long, and you know, some, and a lot of and I at least I find every now and again those games to be very entertaining and very uh, and very fun to watch. But you know, but if you but if you help it and you and you don't want you know Red Sox Orioles tw- uh, circa April of uh, 2012 going 18 games game lasting six plus hours long, fine. Don't don't have don't ha- put the runner on second base. Put them on first and institute it if you get and institute it once the game reaches 12 innings, not 10. If 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 a, if a baseball game goes 10 and 11 innings and it's about an hour. Or is it and it's a half hour to an hour longer? We'll all live, you know. Tending a tending a baseball game is not the end of the world, especially if if you have a game that go that goes that's that, that goes nine innings. That's fast to begin with, and then you and then you add in the runner on second base. All of a sudden, it turns it turns into college. It turns into college football overtime. Where you, where you know you put you put the team in the twenty yard line and it's touchdown 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 and you, and you go overtime you, you saw you saw it in the Iron Bowl a little bit uh, last weekend where you know where a game that where a game that you figure you know would go in overtime or whatever and and eventually the game would would you know the as the game moves along you find its own winner nope you make you you. Put it. You put in something to try to speed up the game to find yourself the a, a winner the easiest, and all you do is prolong the game. You know, Alabama Auburn last week goes into four overtimes. You know, you 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 find you know you find games where where a team is out in front for about for about twenty minutes of real time, not even a full inning, and all of a sudden and all of a sudden, like uh, the uh, I believe the Dodgers and the Padres play like a uh, play like a fifteen inning game or something back in April that you know that that would that would never end. A team would a team would get the lead one half inning, they'd barely have it for about an hour or two. And all of a sudden, you blink, and the and the opposing team's got the lead again. So you know there are many issues with the sport, and both sides are tone deaf and are stupid if if they think that the sport doesn't need doesn't need fixing because because it does. You know, expanded playoffs. I'm not in fa- expanded playoffs. I'm not in favor for. I could live with it because for because for a perfect example, you know, you had the uh, you had the Blue Jays and the Mariners miss the playoffs and they won over ninety games. So I'm not so I am not in favor necessarily of the expanded playoffs, but I could live with it because you know how throughout the course of a baseball season, how many teams do you see you know that that win eighty eight, eighty nine, or in this season's case with the Blue Jays and the Mariners win over ninety games and they miss out. On the postseason, you know, which is which is unfair. So that so if they, so if they want to do it for the for the tw- for the sake of the twenty twenty one manners and Blue Jays, wouldn't like it. But I, I I wouldn't be my choice. But I'd but I'd live with it because you know I, I'd live with it because of, because you can go down the line of history of, of you know the ninety three. The '93 San Francisco Giants. Now I understand that they didn't have a expanded season so the way we have it in 2021 back then, but the '93 Giants went over 100 games, didn't win the didn't win their division, and they missed and they missed the postseason. 
So I so I get that. And and also as far as the postseason alignment, you know, you can't the the fact that the that two teams that won over a hundred games are are competing in the divisional series instead of the championship series. Uh, you know, between the uh, Dodgers and and the Giants, you know that should that shouldn't be the case. And how Major League Baseball, when it comes to their playoff seating, needs to put more emphasis on playoff record, or, or not playoff record, but regular season record first, the way the NBA does it, regular season record first, and then and then division second instead of. When you instead of putting the emphasis now, it should still be important for you to win your division. I'm not I'm not disputing that. You know, if two if two teams match up each other in a postseason series with the same record and they come from the same division, the team that won the division should get should get a home field advantage in a playoff series rather than the team that didn't. But the way that they seed it, it needs to be, and the NFL should do this too. You know, the fact that the fact that the eleven and five uh, Bucks last year had to go to Washington to play a Washington team that won seven that won that won seven games, albeit they won their division. That's not right. So, so the NFL, and the NBA, or the NFL, and the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, both have this issue. They need to put more emphasis on regular season record and seed by regular season record rather than. By whether or not you won your division, which is something also within the sport that needs to be changed. But going along my original point, if they want to get into a pissing match, the players and the owners, and get into a pissing match about uh, you know about technicality, about uh, uh, over a bunch of technicalities and and uh, and, uh, and 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 playing tokenism with uh, and playing tokenism with. With uh, with with revenue and expanded playoffs, universal DH, all this other goobers nonsense, and the big picture doesn't doesn't matter in the long run. They they can bend over and they can kiss their own fanny goodbye. They can kiss it goodbye. They pick, I I hope they do it. I hope they do it. I hope they do it. Manfred Manfred is one is is one of if not the worst commissioner in the sport that has no idea what the hell he's doing. The uh, I'd love to see the I'd love to see these owners suffer because all these owners sit up here and doing cry poor when you're sitting up here. You're owners of 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 franchises that are worth billions and a sport that makes billions. I don't want to sit up here and listen to you guys cry poor, and I also don't want to sit up here and listen to the players moan and groan and scream. When, you know, especially when you got a, a lot of a, a lot of their own constituents. And see, you know, making, uh, you know, making not seven, but making about uh, what uh, eight to eight or nine figures, you know, in a in a in a ten plus year contract, and a lot of whom <clears throat> the Chris Davises of the world, you know, sign that contract and they can't hit their way out of a paper bag, or they're not as good as they think they are, you know, and they end up, you know. Finessing their way into getting the big, the top dollar big time contract because because the agents you know the Scott Borses of the world then markets off every player as if they're you know a first ballot enshrining into uh, Cooperstown they end up getting the big time contract and and you know and the Max Scherzers of the world you know who you know who are great players don't get me wrong but you're a baseball player and your and your and your and your bank account is worth is you know has nine is has nine figures in it 
which which me as a college student trying to make it trying to make it trying to make it off his own ass that has about five hundred plus dollars to his name, I, I I can't I can't listen to him. I can't sit there and listen to to millionaires and billionaires get into pissing matches over stupid stuff, especially. And if you guys don't want to hear it, listen. I don't know. I I look I look at it from this angle because this is who I am, and 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 my race may be different from yours. But I, a black person, can a middle class black black uh, nineteen going on twenty year old, can't listen to a bunch of millionaire and billionaire uh white people get into pissing matches over 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 a bunch of shenanigans over a bunch of shenanigans stuff I, I i can't do it white you know to 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 you know what what one is worth one group is worth billions and the other and the other is worth millions the point is they uh, the point is is that they didn't get ppp loans you know back in april of 2020 that's the point. And quite frankly, that's what I care about. Can't, can't listen to a bunch of white millionaire and billionaires getting getting into another pissing match again. When, when, they, when they insulted everybody uh, and, and, and lacked total self-awareness and, 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 and lacked uh, objectivity and, and sensitivity when they did it publicly in the midst of a pandemic when the country, let alone the world, was falling apart by the seams. I, 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 can't, I can't take it. Not again. They they screw they screw it up. They can they can kiss my ass goodbye. They 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 can kiss my ass honestly, cause uh, I'm not I'm not I'm not in the mood for it. Get a deal done, please. I don't I don't care about your little cute sign of uh, solidarity with with your with your little blank profile pictures on your Twitter feed. I'm not interested. Do what you got to do and get a damn deal done. Please. Get some free agency signings in the sport. I'm Tell Like a Tell podcast. A little less conversation, a little more action to Major League Baseball and its Players Association. Keep that keep that Elvis song in mind. A little less conversation, a little more action. A little less bite, a little more bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Close your mouth and open up your heart to your fans and satisfy us. Anyway. Welcome back to the I'm Telling podcast. 
Uh, one. Let's uh, switch, uh, not switch gears, but stick with Major League Baseball and get to some uh, free agency signings that notable free agency signings that have took place the last couple of days uh, in the sport. One of the big ones uh, took place on November the 23rd. Rays uh, signing uh, Wander Franco, their 20-year-old freedom, to a 12-year, uh, 12-year, uh, 100, uh, excuse me, 12-year, $223 million contract. 185 of that uh, 223 is guaranteed. Uh, that's the richest contract, obviously. In the history of the uh, in the history of the Rays franchise, notably a cheap and frugal uh, organization, as they lock him up uh, for the next decade or so. Franco uh, has only played in his career. He's the uh, twenty year old. He'll be twenty one come March first, but uh, or come uh, March first of twenty twenty two. But uh, twenty years old, he has only played seventy games, and in that seventy games last year, of course, it, it being that being his rookie, uh, to be a nice little uh, sample size of his rookie season. Uh, he had two eighty eight, hit seven home runs, thirty nine RBIs, uh, had an on base percentage of three forty seven, slugging a four sixty three, had an OPS of eight ten, um, got eighty one hit. Hits in 281 career at bats for Tampa last year, who of course won their division and won over 100 games last year. Uh, another big time signing in the sport uh, as we continue here, as I lost uh, my page here for just a second, but stand by. But they get Wanda Franco uh, locked up for the foreseeable future. Very shocked by that move because, you know, Tampa, of course, historically has been a very cheap and frugal franchise that has not been uh you know willing to spend the uh, to put the money uh, and put the investment into the big time uh franchise championship uh caliber and level player so when that sign that signing uh broke that signing uh came down uh on uh, November 23rd but it floored the hell out of me. Uh, Tampa, you know, spending some money. You know, a franchise that does nothing but cry poor went out there and spent some money on uh, Wanda Franco because he, you know, and he's a shortstop and third baseman. So, and if he, and if all goes well with him and his play continues uh, to stay hot, you know, he could be, you know, he could be a player that wants the Fernando Tatis, Carlos Correa money. So from a, so although, I'm, so although, you know, if you're not familiar or if you're a casual baseball fan, you look at it and say, geez, you know, that's going to be a contract that's going to bite uh, Tampa, uh, you know, in the ass probably. But considering at what Franco, if all goes well, and if he continues to plight that, uh, that is, uh, you know, that's been talked about and has been uh, promised about, if he continues to grow into the player that, that, that everybody expected him when the Rays called him up last year, if everything, you know, works out the plan, from a race perspective and hindsight maybe 2020 on it but he he could end up being a complete steal steal and got him at a complete bargain of uh, the race did for uh the race did for uh Wanda Franco uh but <laughs> but <laughs> uh, so sorry about that I'm, I got the TV on uh in my in the room I'm recording on and I Looking at the TV, and I saw somebody on there that uh, triggered me to chuckle, you know, based on an inside joke. 
uh, I was uh, told at work about a certain uh, news anchor on uh, WJZ. But anyway, that's uh, neither here nor there. Uh, by the way, my little uh, quick pet peeve for ESPN to get off the beaten path. Now I'm going through their little, you know, their little news rundown in Major League Baseball and their Major League Baseball section of the app. Does anybody in America give a damn about Dansby Swanson and some soccer player? Mallory, I never heard of a uh, Mallory Pugh getting engaged. I mean, who the hell? I, I, this is the one thing about our society today that, that absolutely drives me up a damn wall. You know, we get it. You're in love. Nobody gives a damn. I mean, how, does that does anybody expect us to give to give two horse to give two horse craps about two people getting engaged? Mazel tov, congratulations, uh, Shabbat Shalom, Ashalom God bless you. Go live your own life. None of my business. Nor do I give a damn. You know, how you doing? Keep it moving. Let's move on to what's more important in the world. I mean, why ESPN thinks that, you know, that Dansby Swanson getting hitched uh, is uh, is newsworthy, noteworthy enough to be on their app? I have absolutely zero and no idea. Uh, that's, you know, that's ESPN for you. And that's uh, our culture and society nowadays where everybody, where people feel the need and, and people are deluded into the fact that that uh that everybody thinks that they that people give to that that people give a damn about what goes on in their interpersonal lives and their love lives and their romantic lives and who they sleep with and and, and what turns them on sexually and all the other gooberish and uh nonsensical uh ill ill uh ill important information but anyway, that's my uh, mini rant for the day, and that's neither here nor there. It's just, uh, just a, I mean, we got more important things to worry about, not just within the world, but then the sport itself, than uh, Dansby Swanson getting hitched. I mean, please, and, and I swear to, and I swear to God, every single time you got these celebrities and these public figures that go out there and 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 and, and uh, wave the pom poms and, and flaunt and and, uh, and and brag about their newest relationship or, or they found love and all this other. You know they're newly engaged or newly married. Whatever. Every single time it feels like every single time somebody does that, it ends up biting them in the ass, and they're no longer together. Don't you ever realize that? You know, two people that that swear that that when you know when 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 both of their sets of parents found out the news that they that they were going to have that that particular child, that they feel like that God Himself, you know, uh, you know, like Lombardi with the power sweep punched it up on his little white board up in heaven and said this person was meant to be with this person and this is the reason why and this is the reason why and they're going to be together you know throughout the test of time and they're bigger than society and they're bigger than the world and blah 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 yet you blink and six months or a year go by and uh, oh oh they're not together oh wow shocker okay how you doing keep moving on to the next thing but anyway that's not the end nor there uh, but Franco getting back on the uh, getting back on the topic of the big time contracts in the sport signs a uh, signs a mega deal uh, with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays and um, big time signing number two I want to get on the board here for you is uh, Rudin, the Orioles signing Rudin Negno Door 
uh, just to give my two cents on as an Orioles fan. I mean, this is a guy that barely hit over 200 with the Yankees. You know, that's a glorified, not a glorified, but a uh, a practical strikeout every single time he steps up to the plate. The Orioles signing a one-year deal with Rugnet Odor. I mean, when you when you think the Orioles can't can make can't make me despise ownership and and hate this team anymore, you know it's 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 a it's a hold my beer it's a hold my beer moment. They somehow always 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 find a way to uh, you know to uh, they always they always go out there and find a way to to lower their standards and to lower expectations and to disappoint yours truly and anger and frustrate the hell out of yours truly with every uh, waking moment with every waking season with every waking day it's just huh, it, it it gets damn near exhausting at this point to be a fan of this team i mean and on and honestly honestly i mean signing a guy that does nothing but strike out you know, I understand he's a left-handed hitter, but it does nothing but strike out, and you know, will be good for will be good for a home run once every thirty at bats on the Utah Street. I mean, it's just I I can't I can't take it. I re I cannot take it with the Orioles. I mean, can you go out there and find and find somebody that's actually going to win you a couple games? You know, get you to about you know seventy five and eighty seven once in a while instead of losing a hundred games. A hand over fist year after year after year. I mean, my goodness gracious. Well, I mean, what would it hurt for a change? Signing Rugnet Odor. My goodness gracious. Uh, Corey Seager, ten year deal, shortstop. Of course, formerly of the uh, formerly of the L.A. Dodgers, ten year deal, three ten year deal, good for three hundred and twenty five million. Uh, he, you know, uh, he, of course, of the Los Angeles Dodgers last season, just to punch up, uh, his stats of what he did for the Dodgers last year, um, uh, as the Rangers go out there and spend a little money, they are another franchise that continues to, uh, that continues to spin their wheels as they will see if they can put together some winning baseball, uh, within the next few seasons or so. He, of course, Rookie of the Year, two-time All-Star, NLCS MVP, World Series MVP, uh, last, not last October, but October 2020. Uh, he with the Dodgers, uh, and uh, how many games did he play? Uh, 95 games, hit th- hit a uh, hit, hit 306 with a 394 on-base percentage, 521 slugging, 915 OPS, hit, had 108 hits and 353 at-bats, 16 home runs and 15, or excuse me, 57 RBIs uh, for the Dodgers uh, last season. Uh, you know he is all you know he's he's always banged up. Played 52 games for him in 2020, 134 in 2019, only 28, excuse me, 26 in 2018, 145 in 2017, 157 in 2018, and uh, 27 when he came into the sport in 2018 for the Dodgers at 21 years of age. So the uh, so the uh, t- Texas Rangers build up their middle infield. Uh, let's see, the, uh, Braves bring back Adam Duvall, uh, let's see here, Cubs at Jan Gomes, 
Clint Frazier, uh, uh, Marcus Stroman that had a very good season for the Mets last season to see if he, you know, can see if he can provide a little energy for that ball club up in Wrigley. Uh, let's see, Tigers land Javi Baez on a six-year, $140 million deal. Uh, there was no way in hell he was going to come back to the Mets after the, after the uh, whole uh, thumbs-down debacle back in August, which we, de- which we destroyed Javi Baez for. Uh, he goes to the Tigers for the next six years, over $140 million. That news broke on November 30th. Uh, Red Sox get back Jackie Bradley Jr. from the Brewers in exchange for Hunter Renfro. Corey Knable signs a $10 million one-year contract with the Phillies. Uh, let's see. Rich Hill goes back to the Red Sox or not goes back, but joins the Red Sox. Twins get Dylan Bundy for five, for a five million dollar year deal. Mark Melanson, who had a phenomenal season with the, uh, with the Padres last season, although the Padres were terrible. He was one of the best relievers in the sport. He stays in the division, goes to the Arizona Diamondbacks for 2022 uh last season he last season he pitched in 64 games uh pitched in 64 games let me see if i can pull up uh his complete stat line for you he pitched in 64 games last season or yeah last season had an ERA of 223 and 64 and two thirds innings pitch struck out 59 batters walked 25 I had a strikeout to walk ratio of 2.4, gave up 54 hits, had uh, racked up 39 saves and only blew uh, six of them for the San Diego Padres back in 2021. Dodgers bring back Chris Taylor for a four-year, $60 million a year deal. He's a utility guy. You can stick him in the outfield, middle infielder, stick him at third base. Dodgers bring back Chris Taylor. I mentioned the Marcus Stroman deal, which was the last deal uh, made prior to the uh, prior to the uh, lockout. Uh, and uh, they, you know that's really Manners uh, bring in Robbie Ray for a five-year, hundred fifteen million dollar contract. Um, uh, and that's uh, in the uh, Giants lose. Uh, lose out on uh, Kevin Gossman. They bring in uh, they bring in uh, Robbie Ray on a five year, one hundred fifteen million dollar deal year deal to uh, to replace him. Robbie Ray, of course, Cy Young Award award winner in the American League. Uh, Kevin Gossman replaces Robbie Ray in Toronto. Five year, million hundred ten million dollar deal. As Gossman returns to the AL East and will get his licks for sure. I will imagine against his old team, the Orioles, coming up if we have a 2022 uh, season. And uh, Brewers get Pedro Severino as the Orioles say goodnight to him. Uh, and really, of course, uh, Giants bring back Brandon Belt. Uh, they exercise the $18.4 million qualifying offer. Noah Syndergaard goes, goes to the Angels on a one-year $21 million deal. Um see really that's it uh and the cardinals bring back uh tj mcfarland there's a couple of things to keep an eye on as far as free agency is concerned uh one the fact that the that the atlanta braves have waited this long and are playing with fire and fought around with not bringing back uh the most popular player on the team and what has been their franchise player 
you know, for the last, uh, what, uh, decade plus in Freddie Freeman. The fact they're playing with fire and have not given him a contract extension yet, he too will re essentially remain a free agent all throughout this lockout period. The fact that they did not, the fact that they wasted time and did not bother to lock him up for a contract extension, knowing that this deadline was forthcoming and, and essentially didn't get a deal done once the championship parade was over uh, back in early November is... Is, uh, is is an absolute disgrace and and really shameful on the part of the uh, of Atlanta Braves ownership. They should have took care. That should have been the first order of business after they finished uh, celebrating parading the uh, streets of downtown Atlanta with the commissioner Shrovey. The first thing that should have did was get Freddie Freeman on the board. He, you know, it's he, Trey Young, and Kirby Smart are the three most. Uh, popular uh, sports figures within the, within the state within the state of Georgia, and the fact they hadn't, and the fact they still you know have him uh, for the for the taking for the Yankees who have who have expressed interest in him, the Dodgers who have expressed interest in him, the fact that he's still out there you know waiting essentially to get picked off. By the big by the big market teams and the Dodgers, who you know, who, who the Dodgers, which the Brave fan will just lose his mind over and will just curse and forever curse Atlanta Brave ownership underneath their breath if they somehow lose him to the Dodgers. You don't think the uh, Dodgers can go out there and say, "Hey, well, he he beat us in the divisional series. He can't beat us if he's on our team." And then of course the Yankees, you know, who need a left-handed bat in the worst 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 way imaginable, you know, a player that, you know, a player that also it's not just a left-handed bat in the lineup, but a player that also, you know, doesn't strike out at in front lineup and hit, you know, and hit two and hit two forty or hit two twenty and hit, you know, the Joey Gallows of the world. You know, a player that can hit about 260, 270, 280 something that also can can get on base on top of on, on top of hitting the ball out the ballpark. So if the Braves, you know, don't fart around here. Now, now you can't. There's nothing you can do with the lockout. But what I'm doing, A, I'm making sure you get this lockout out of the way. Because the sooner you get the lockout, you know, you get to collecting the, the new CBA uh, deal done. And you end the lockout, the better off you're going to be. And, and you have the opportunity to, to, you know, where free agency talks can resume. But the, so get the lockout out. So you get the lockout done, end it, and put a new CBA in place. And also, furthermore, once it's done, make sure that your that your chips are, are lined up in a way where as soon as you get a new CBA deal done, whatever that is, who knows? But when it's done, you can sit up here and not go go to Freddie Freeman and not fun around and say, Hey, you're due for a big time payday. You know, if you give us the hometown discount, that'd be great. But we know that you're worth that you that you're gonna be worth every penny that you want, and you're one of our best players in the history of the franchise within the last twenty five years, and you're one of the main and you're the focal point of our champion of our championship uh, roster, and you're and you're one of the main reasons why we won the world we won the World Series uh, th this past season. So, so give him what he wants.
Now, if you're Freddie Freeman, you don't ask for if if you want if you are so uh, wrapped up and are hell bent on coming back to the Braves, don't don't you know don't ask for don't take every penny and every nickel off the table. You know, allow them allow them to have some money to continue to produce a, a quality product on the field, knowing that they got Acuna and got all this other you know Dansby Swanson and all this other talent around them. So don't take every nickel. Be fair about it and and uh, and. and, and be good by them by you know giving them a, a team friendly uh, discount so to speak so you don't take every nickel so they can t- so they can continue to put out a uh, a championship level product on the field but at the same time whatever he wants Braves got to pay him because every because he deserved it he was phenomenal in the postseason great. All throughout the course of 162 games, he really, in my opinion, should have been uh, more deeply involved in the MVP conversation, to be quite honest with you. He wants his money, he should get his money. And the fact that the Braves have waited this long and you know, and the lockouts here, CBA is is uh, has expired and, and they do and and Freddie Freeman is is still a free agent, that that not that's not something for for the higher ups for the Braves to be proud of. And the fact they're playing hardball with them is uh, is uh, not not wise, not wise, not wise at all. Correa is still unsigned. You worry if if the Bra- if uh, Correa may have overplayed his hand with getting with getting the contract uh, put in place. He is still a free agent at the at the time of this lockout. And uh, you know, and you know, Correa and Freeman are the two players to keep an eye on. And uh, and two players to be not concerned about, but to have in the back of your mind about uh, what you know about uh, the money that they're going to get if if and ever this lockout ends anytime soon. So uh, keep those two guys and their uh, future in the back of your mind uh, as well. Take a break. Get to the National Basketball Association as we continue. This is the Yamatella Like a is podcast. Get on that horse. Welcome back to the Amatella Cateria's podcast. We shall continue on with the NBA just to get a couple of things uh, off the board here as we haven't given the uh, National Basketball Association much time and attention uh, in the last month. A couple of things. For one, I understand I'm late to the party and it's no longer news and 
you know, uh, you know that time to talk about it was the week that it happened, but the LeBron little Isaiah Stewart scuffle that took place a few weeks ago up over in Detroit, uh, how, uh, you know, I don't care what, and they, and they both got, and they both uh, received punishment for their actions and their roles in a little melee, but, uh, you know, just my little, little, you know, if you care, my two cents on it is that, hey, LeBron did it on purpose, you know, and what, LeBron is not a dirty player, and it's only his second ejection, and, you know, and is what, he's been in the league for 20 seasons, that's only his second ejection of his NBA career, uh, and he's not a dirty player, and he's not a dirty player, but that was a dirty play. If he did, if 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 you believe that uh, that LeBron didn't try to elbow him in the face, you're not paying attention. Uh, Isaiah Stewart had every, had every right to be pissed off and every right to get worked up and wanted to get at LeBron. So he, again, he's not a dirty player, but that was a dirty play. He clearly, had, had the intent to elbow him in the head. Uh, so, uh, and the NBA handled it properly. They, you know, they didn't, you know, pretend like, you know, that, that it didn't happen or give LeBron a pass. They gave him a suspension, rightfully so. Uh, so that's item number one. Item number two is the Phoenix Suns' uh, current eight-game winning streak, or excuse me, 18-game winning streak. What am I talking about? 18-game winning streak. They are ten and two at home this season. They've only lost one road game all year so far. They're nine and one. They are nineteen and three in first place in the Western Conference, a half a game uh, ahead of Golden State, who they took care of business uh, against at home on Tuesday night. Steph Curry, uh, Steph Curry in that game against uh, in that one hundred four uh, ninety six victory. Steph Curry. Shot uh, his worst of his uh, shot one had one of his worst games of his NBA career uh, that night. Let me uh, go back and pull you up the stats so we can uh, further dissect this game here. Steph Steph scored only scored twelve points. Uh, shot nineteen percent. 19%. And Steph Curry, you know, for the most part, has had an absolutely phenomenal start to begin the season and was just setting, was setting defenses on fire. How do you guard Steph? He's just unbelievable. I understand, you know, every, you know, the, you know, it's not, you know, every, every superstar player, you know, is not perfect and they're due for a bad game every now and then. But Steph Curry, who had a horrendous night Tuesday, 12 points, three rebounds, two assists, a steal, a block, uh, was four of 21 from the field, 19%. If you do the math, he was three of 14 from three, that's 21%. Uh, and was just uh, his plus minus, if you care about that uh, stat, was minus 17 uh, and, uh, you know, just not a, you know, not a good, only got to the foul line once, uh, well, not a great day at the office for Steph Curry on Tuesday night, but the Suns won that game 94, excuse me, 104-96. He's had an absolutely, or the Suns rather have had an absolutely phenomenal night, or excuse me, had a phenomenal season. They beat the Pistons by 11 on Thursday, 114 to 103. Uh, Devin Booker, uh, not Devin Booker, who's who's going to miss who's going to miss a little bit of time, uh, who's going to miss a little bit of time, uh, uh, a little bit of time with an injury, but um, uh, Bridges, but uh, Bridges, Paul, uh, DeAndre Ayton, and Schmidt, 
uh, really did, you know, the Phoenix Suns won a lot of games last year, especially in, especially in the postseason or playoff run of sharing the wealth. Not let one player dominate the game and have the ball in his hands 90, 95% of the time. They spread the wealth. Everybody gets their assist numbers up. They spread the wealth so the, so the opposing defenses don't know who to key in on on certain possessions. You had, Ma, you had a Mike, you had a Bridges put up 18 points, five re, five rebounds, grabbed four steals, shot 57% from the field. He uh, hit half, two of four from three. Uh, Chris Paul, 12 points, 12 assists, uh, two steals in the game. He shot 57% from the field. And, and he also, not a lot of guys, you know, took a hell of a lot of shots. Bridges took 14, Aiton and Shemette took 11, Chris Paul Chris Paul took seven, uh, Jay Crowder took only took four, uh, and Johnson and Cameron Payne come off the bench, Johnson took 11 shots in campaign, uh, took uh, took 14, 8 of 14, shot 57 from the field, and got 19 points. He, along with Johnson, got 19 points coming off the bench in their Thursday night 11-point victory over the Pistons. Uh, coming off the bench, extending their win streak to 18 in a row. They have Friday. They have uh, they played later tonight on Friday. They are at Golden State. They Golden State came to them on Tuesday. They play Golden State again this time in San Francisco as the uh, nightcap of the NBA Friday uh, schedule. ESPN at 10, uh, and then this weekend, let's see Saturday. They have Saturday off. On Sunday, the they get Saturday and Sunday off, and their next game is not until uh, Monday night at nine when they return home to play at the at this point in time the seven and thirteen uh, Phoenix Suns or excuse me the seven and thirteen San Antonio Spurs. So the Phoenix Suns who have not missed a beat uh, since uh, since their since uh, they went down in six games. Uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks back in July, they you know a lot of times you in you know in football in football especially you hear about a World Series hangover. Well, there is no hangover for the Phoenix Suns. They are chomping at the bit, and at least to begin the season, they are chomping at the bit, hungry and motivated as all can be. As they are currently sitting with an eight, as they are currently sitting right now with an 18 game win streak, uh, best record in the Western Conference and best record in the NBA. The Brooklyn Nets. Hold the best record in the East at fifteen and six. Uh, Phoenix is nineteen and three, with an eight sixty four winning percentage, winning eighteen in a row, uh, with the best record in the NBA. Uh, so Phoenix is uh, chomping at the bit to get back at, the, at an NBA Finals uh, later on. Uh, well, not later on, but uh, this upcoming. Uh, summer. You have to go all the way back with Phoenix. You have to go all the way back to uh, they have to go all the way back to the month of October which they last lost the game. You have to go all the way back to October 27th. That was a Wednesday night in which they lost to the Sacramento Kings by three. That's the last time the Phoenix Suns have lost the game. That was on October the 27th. October the twenty seventh, they were they in which they lost to the Kings one ten to one oh seven. To put that in proper context and proper perspective, the World Series was going on, uh, was still going on in baseball. Uh, I believe that was either I have to check that was that had to be 
in between games, I want to say in between games three and four of the uh, of the of the series between the Braves and the Astros, uh, October twenty seventh. That was the night. Uh, actually, yeah, that was the wow. You have to go October. It's listen to this. It's been that long since the uh, Suns have lost. The last time the Suns lost, it was you were at Game Two. Game two of the World Series between the Braves and the Astros was played Wednesday, October the 27th. That's how long it's been since the Suns have lost the game. And also, excuse me, also to put it into proper perspective, uh, in the NFL back in week two, the uh, the Patriots, I don't even think the Patriots were above 500. Uh, October the 27th, that was... Uh, that was uh, so the week of October twenty seventh. That was the week seven. That was when the that was the forty one to seventeen beatdown Cincinnati had over Baltimore. Kansas City had gotten got destroyed a few days earlier by Tennessee twenty seven to three, and we're currently sitting at three and four in the AFC West. And the Patriots. Won won their first home game of the season and were sitting and were sitting at three and four, having beaten the Jets fifty four to thirteen. To put it in proper perspective, and the Cardinals were still undefeated, destroyed Houston thirty one to five to improve the seven and zero on the season. So keep that in mind. That's how long it's been. And Gold State has not had a, a two shabby of a start. Uh, of the of the uh, 2021-2022 season of themselves as they go up against Phoenix later tonight, a half a game back of the best record in the Western Conference. Switching gears now uh, to college football uh, as we look ahead to really the two marquee matchups of uh, the uh, of the conference uh, champion of the conference championship uh, weekend slate of games in college football. Uh, really, the two to keep an eye. I mean, there's uh, quite a few to keep an eye on. Uh, Cincinnati at uh, Cincinnati hosting Houston in the American Athletic Conference championship game. Twenty one ranked uh, Houston at eleven one. Uh, Cincinnati's ten and a half point favorites at home and going up against Houston. So keep an eye out on that game uh, because that game has uh, has uh, final four implications. Uh, if uh, Cincinnati loses, that's it. There's there. Especially, you know, when they don't have the favor of being in a Power Five conference, so they have to uh, finish the job and finish uh, thirteen and zero regular season wise in order for them to, uh, in order for them to solidify their spot within the Final Four. In uh, their matchup, that game is at four o'clock on ABC Saturday afternoon. Michigan plays Ohio, plays Iowa. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute in the Big Ten Championship game, but all eyes will be in Atlanta on Sunday for, or excuse me, on Saturday afternoon for uh, Georgia versus Alabama. Number one ranked Georgia going up against number three ranked Alabama. Alabama, of course, we discussed it earlier in the week, uh, escaping what would have been a uh, Iron Bowl upset at the hands of the Auburn Tigers at the Iron Bowl on Saturday. Uh, going in on a 
Bryce Young and the crew going to a quadruple overtime to beat the Tigers, while Georgia is coming off of the in their last time out there, the best team in the country, uh, undefeated 12-0. They are coming off of a 45 to nothing beatdown of their in-state rival uh, Georgia Tech. As they will, uh, as they will uh, have the home field advantage going up against Alabama in the SEC championship game. Georgia is favored minus six and a half. Georgia, you know, Georgia playing with house money, best team in the nation. Uh, of course, undefeated record. So of course, they are also undefeated within their conference as well. Eight and zero. Uh, if Alabama if Alabama wins this if Alabama wins this game, uh, they are a they're going to make it into the uh, Final Four, uh, obviously. Uh, so if Alabama wins, both teams will make it. Uh, if Alabama loses, chances are with two losses, especially if Cincinnati goes out there and beats the hell out of Houston, that Alabama may be left out of this uh, Final Four for the first time in its in this uh, in its short little history. So if you are rooting for if you're rooting for Alabama to be out, you want Georgia to you want Georgia to beat the brakes off of uh, the Crimson Tide. If you want, if you want, if you want a little drama as far as whether or not Cincinnati will make it, and you want the two SEC teams in with the possibility of them having a rematch in a national championship game, like you did a few years ago back in twenty, the 2017-2018 season when these two teams matched up in that classic uh, championship game, uh, matched up in that classic championship game uh, a few years ago. Then you obviously would want, uh, you would uh, root for Alabama to take care of business against and and uh, and uh, complete the upset and uh, give and add another uh, infamous uh, moment of agony into the hearts and minds of uh, Georgia Bulldog fans, boosters, alumni, and current students uh, everywhere all across America. If Alabama pulls off the uh, upset against Georgia come uh, late Saturday afternoon, Georgia being six and a half point favorites. At Georgia's got a got a phenomenal defense. They've dominated their opponents all season long. Uh, they have, you know, Georgia letting letting an opponent score, you know, seventeen or something points against against Georgia would be a, would be considered a freaking miracle. Uh, they blanked Georgia Tech last week. Uh, the last game, the last game against uh, Charleston Southern, they beat the brakes off of them, fifty-six to seven. Tennessee got destroyed. They scored seventeen points, but got destroyed forty-one seventeen on November the thirteenth. Missouri only put up six points. Florida got destroyed, only put up seven points against them. Uh, Kentucky put up thirteen points in a thirty to thirteen loss back on October the sixteenth. Auburn scored 10 points in their loss on October the 9th. Arkansas got blanked. Vanderbilt got blanked. South Carolina put up 13 points. UAB put up 7. And uh, Clemson and the in the opening game, and really, 
the most competitive game that Georgia has played all season uh, was their first game of the new season in that defensive slugfest against previously ranked. It seems like it was ages ago on September the 4th, ages ago against, at the time, three-ranked Clemson when Georgia beat Clemson. They kept them out of the end zone, but they beat Clemson uh, in uh, Charlotte by a touchdown, with that, which has been uh, the only dogfight, no pun intended, that Georgia has uh, played all season long. Alabama has had to play plenty of dogfights uh, with uh, last week's uh, game against uh, against Auburn being the most recent one, uh, you know, when which they beat Auburn by 224-22. Uh, they beat Arkansas, they beat Arkansas in the close one 42-35. Uh, they beat LSU only by six on November on November the sixth. Uh, they beat uh, Tech. They lost to Texas A and M in that upset on October the 9th by a field goal. Uh, at the heading into the you know uh, down to the final uh, down to the final a uh, few seconds, and had to scratch and fight and claw their way to beat Florida 31-29 back on October the 18th when they had when the clock wasn't working uh, in the latter stages of that uh, of that second half down at Gainesville. So it should be. I'm looking forward to that game uh, on a Saturday on a Saturday afternoon. Thank God to get off work about an hour prior on Saturday, so I will. Well, I plan on being in front of the TV, front and center for uh, Alabama Georgia. Uh, down at Mercedes-Benz Stadium coming up on a Saturday afternoon. And then on Saturday night, right after that, you get the Big Ten Championship game. Michigan, of course, coming off of their tremendous high, uh, finally pulling off uh, pulling off the uh, victory at home in Ann Arbor, beating the Buckeyes last week. They go to play 13th-ranked Iowa, who is currently sitting at 10-2 on the season. Michigan is 11-point favorites. Uh, against I won the Big Ten uh, championship game. No reason. Uh, no reason. Michigan takes care of business. Wins this game. Wins the Big Ten championship. They for sure will be involved uh, in the final four. They for, for sure will be involved in the final four coming up towards the uh, end of the month. If if you again if you root for chaos, if you root for if you want chaos. Pull for a a a you a you uh, want things to be a little bit uncomfortable for Michigan. Pull for I want to put to uh, get to uh, pull off the upset as eleven point uh, as eleven point uh, underdogs Iowa is. Uh, so you got your little NBA and your two uh, and you know keep tabs on uh, you know if you if you you know if you if you want to pick and choose your spots or if you're not a, a Cincinnati fan. Uh, pick and choose your spots, but you know, obviously, you uh, you know, Georgia, Alabama is going to get a higher rating than uh, Houston versus Cincinnati. But uh, keep tabs on Houston and Cincinnati because if uh, because if things get funky down in Atlanta and get funky up in Cincinnati, that game will be very, very, very important and will have tremendous. Oh, it already has, but if but if uh, but if the funky and the chaos happens, uh, that game will have tremendous impact and will have tremendous uh, implications with the with the final four rankings. Are uh, are released come uh, su- come uh, Sunday afternoon. So keep tabs and keep your eye on what happens between Houston and Cincinnati, in Cincinnati or not in Cincinnati. But uh, I don't know where they play the AAC. Excuse me, championship game 
Uh, no, it'll be in uh, Cincinnati. What am I talking about? Uh, so keep your, keep an eye on that on Sunday as that game will start at the same time as Alabama-Georgia in the SEC uh, championship game. So keep an eye on those two matchups. Keep an eye on, uh, and of course, uh, uh, be front and center for Michigan and Iowa. Winner of the ACC championship game is not making it to the Final Four. Nobody cares. And Notre Dame, who's on the bubble, uh, of course, uh, who's an independent, does not play this weekend. And uh, Oklahoma State, who's on the bubble, goes up against Baylor. And if things get funky uh, later on in the afternoon, that game is a uh, new start on ABC. Oklahoma State favored minus six. Keep an eye out on that, as that is your Big 12 championship game between Baylor and Oklahoma State. So, got your NBA. You get your little uh, talk a little bit of NBA. And the uh, conference championship games in college football. We take a break. We will finally turn our attention to the National Football League. To close out the program, you're listening to the Yamatilla Katerias podcast or your favorite podcasting app. Welcome back to the Amatella is podcast. Switching gears now to the National Football League to close out this program. As we, I got two opinions I want to get on the. I want to uh, get off my chest and uh, go through uh, and preview Week 13 of the National Football League and give you my Week 13 picks against the spread. First things first, and that is Antonio Brown uh, is uh, suspended three games by the National Football League. He along with Safety, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers safety, uh, Mike Edwards are suspended three are suspended three games for uh, faking uh, COVID nineteen vaccination guards, 
and uh, and uh, Brown and Ed, and uh, Edwards are eligible to return to Tampa for the team's Week 16 game uh, against the Panthers the day after Christmas on December 26th. Uh, the news broke on uh, what Thursday that uh, I believe that uh, those two will be shelved by the league for faking a vaccination card, which is a felony offense, by the way. Uh, so, uh, and it'd be interesting to see, you know, Arians who talks a big game and is like, you know, we, we will not tolerate Antonio Brown's foolishness. Uh, matter of fact, here's, here's the exact quote he gave and he was against bringing in Antonio Brown to begin with until Brady, uh, talked him, talked him into doing it. This is what he said in October of 2020 when they brought, uh, Antonio Brown to the team. Arians is quoted of saying, saying, quote, he screws up one time, he's gone. Now he turns around and says, uh, after Antonio Brown gets suspended, well, this is, you know, it may not be, you know, domestic violence or sexual assault or anything else like that, but, you know, he, 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 he broke an NFL rule that's so severe that he got him suspended, and it is a federal offense. It's a felony, that, well, you know, what Antonio Brown did. Uh, saying, quote, well, nothing's been decided after his three-game suspension for faking a vaccination card. So it'll be very, very, very interesting and intriguing to see if Tampa Bay, that's uh, the GM, that's uh, Arians, if that organization has the cojones to, uh, you know, to practice what they preach and uh, and to see if the if Arians uh, wrote a wrote a check that uh, you know that he, that he won't be able to cash for whatever the reason. See if he if he puts his money where his mouth is and goes out there and after the three games are over or in between his three games, especially during the duration of it, uh, says goodnight to Antonio Brown. You know they they've played they've played decently without him. You know they're not they're, they're not uh, you know they're not. Uh, strapped for the strapped for a wide receiver that badly that they gotta ha- carry Antonio Brown on their team. So it'd be very interesting to see if they if the if the franchise and Arians especially puts his money where his mouth is and goes out there and uh, and, and then tells uh, Antonio Brown to take a hike after you know doing yet another uh, infantile uh, egregious asinine decision and that's uh you know faking a vaccination card which uh you know which goes into the same uh, heinous thing of what Aaron Rodgers did and that's lying to the media and that's lying to us the public and the fans of whether of of his uh of his vaccination status and going about life at Lambeau Field throughout the package facilities as if he was vaccinated when he knew good damn well that he wasn't and the whole Joe Rogan medical advice nonsense and the whole fiasco that was back in the month of November. And then Antonio Brown, you know, which which you could make the argument this is that this was worse than what Rogers did because at least Rogers was transparent enough to was transparent enough to the point where he did feel a need to fake a vac- a vaccination card. And he did, you know, go. Ab- he went about his life as if he was vaccinated, but he didn't try to try to dupe his organization or dupe uh, the National Football League of saying, "Yeah, I'm vaccinated. Here's my vaccination card." Doing good for well that that the, that the thing was that that the thing was phony and it wasn't worth anything. Antonio Brown, you know, 
again, put his put, uh, say, uh, how many times do you have to go through this? Put his teammates at risk, put his teammates' family and 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 the, and the people that they're around outside of the football field at risk. Put his uh, put his uh, coaches coaches and their coaches' families at risk. Uh, yeah, how many times do you have to keep on going through this? Was deceptive. Was uh, was deceptive. Was was uh, disingenuous. And uh, and was uh, and was and was dishonest about it. And you know, faking a vaccine is the reason why that why, reason why that's a crime. You know, you can't sit there and fake immunization and vaccination of a, of a of a of a deadly disease in the midst of a pandemic. You know, and not being forthright and transparent enough, and, and wanting all the benefits, and trying to manipulate and go about your life, and trying to trick and, and trick people into thinking that you're vaccinated against something that you know good damn well that you aren't, which is just an absolute. It's selfish, it's egregious, it's infantile, and it's just a just a rotten, evil thing, and selfish, and self-centered, and self uh, and self-absorbed thing to do. Don't want to take the shot, don't take the shot, but be transparent enough and be honest and be a man enough enough to and have enough respect for your for your teammates, your coaches, or your fellow man to say, hey, I'm not vaccinated, make it known to everybody else and don't sit up here and try to manipulate other people and, and your organization, the National Football League, trying to give off the impression that you are vaccinated when you when you know within your heart and within your mind, body and soul that you aren't, which is which is just an absolute disgrace. But hey, Antonio Brown, you know, two great sort of a fruit salad, you know, what do you expect with him? Anyway, I, I'm also I'm more I'm me personally I'm more interested to see if the Bucks have the cojones enough to cut them. You know, after Arians who talks a big game and went out there and said last season, you know, one little screw up, he's gone. Well, well it, it may be a year after you said that, but I wonder if uh, Arians' words still hold weight a year and two months later. Be interesting to see. Uh, if Antonio Brown, uh, if his NFL, because after this, that's it. No other team will sign him. Uh, so if he flames out here, you know his NFL career is finished. So it'll be interesting to see uh, if it's uh, if he if uh, this little uh, fake vaccination uh, suspension. And boy, you want talking about a stupid thing to get suspended for is faking a damn vaccination card. Be interested to see if this will be the final coup de grace to Antonio Brown's, uh, uh, infamous and tumulus, uh, and roller coaster esque, uh, NFL career. That's the first thing. Second thing is I did get a chance to scream and yell about it two weeks ago when it happened. So here's my opportunity. Now, the fact that the NFL did not flex, the Los Angeles Chargers uh Cincinnati Bengals game in the prime time on Sunday night football this week is just an absolute disgrace. And I referenced it a couple of times you know throughout the last few episodes, but the fact that they didn't flex it is just absolutely disgraceful. And they instead flexed wanting to jam and ram uh Patrick Mahomes and a Kansas City Chiefs down your throat at infinite. The fact that they flexed a, a a a a just a meh, bleh, average, okay-ish at best football game between the Broncos and the Chiefs, and they flex that into prime time instead of uh, Cincinnati and the Chargers. You know, two teams that are vouching for a play, you know, that have not been in the playoffs for quite a few years. You know, the last time the Chargers made the playoffs was in twenty. 
was in 2018, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let me see. Uh, they didn't make it. The wild card. Th no. So they didn't make it in 2019. They made it in 2020, so it's been a few seasons. What it's been a, uh, it's been it's been three seasons since the last time the Chargers made the playoffs. It's been uh, it's been since 2015. That's five going on six years since the last time the Bengals were in the playoffs. And here it is. It's the first weekend in December. The Bengals are at seven and four in second place by a half a game in the AFC North, and currently hold the uh, and currently hold a uh, one of the three wild card spots in the AFC. And the San and it's just San Diego. The Los Angeles Chargers are in second place by a game trailing behind Kansas City by a game at six and five, and they also hold a wild card spot in the AFC playoffs as well. They sitting at six and five. It is the first matchup. I understand. I uh, the the last, these even though these two teams played each other last season, Herbert was on the bench when they played each other in Week One of the 2020 season. It was Tyron. Taylor, uh, the QB one for the Chargers, and not Justin Herbert. So this is the first ever NFL meeting between the top two quarterbacks of last year's draft between Burrow and Herbert. Uh, Herbert, Herbert, and, and his Chargers making uh, making yet enough, making their second trip in a row eastward to Cincinnati to play at the to play at the jungle, and the damn game isn't on Sunday Night Football. Uh, you know, and it's just and, and you get Mahomes, you get Mahomes, and the Chiefs going up against uh, Teddy Two Gloves and the Denver Broncos. I understand that the Denver Broncos have been have been competitive and have been good this season. They're six and five. They beat the Cowboys a few weeks ago. They're six and five. And, and tied for the Chargers in second place in the AFC West. I understand that. And they're currently, quote-unquote, in the hunt in the AFC playoffs. But everybody knows that when, that when the regular season dust settles that the Denver Broncos will not be a playoff team in 2021. So for NBC to sit here and, and, and to provide the, uh, the smoke and mirrors and the mirage that the Denver Broncos are a playoff team, they're not, okay? They sold off Von Miller at the trade deadline. They're at 6-5. You know, by pure luck and happenstance, they're not going to be, you know, in the thick of things as far as Tennessee, the Colts, the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Patriots. And, you know, there's too, there's too many good teams and all the other divisions that are going to make the playoffs in uh, other teams in the AFC other than Denver. You know, the Chargers and the Chiefs are going to make it out of the AFC West. I don't think the Colts are going to make it. They're, 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 they're competing to be. But I don't think they're going to make it at six and six. Tennessee's at eight and four. You're going to have two teams making it out of the AFC East, and the, with, between the Patriots and the Bills, and and if the Dolphins run the table and pull off a miracle of miracles, they could end up making it as well. And and if Cleveland, who's hanging on and clinging for dear life right now, I don't think they'll make it. But crazier things have happened. They could end up making the playoffs at, as well. Sitting currently at five hundred at six and six and third place in the AFC North. And then, of course, you have the Ravens and the Bengals. Ravens who hold the best record in the AFC at 8-3, and three, who are currently sitting at first place by a half a game against the 7-4 uh, Cincinnati Bengals who, who are currently sitting 
who are currently sitting in second place of the AFC North. Too many teams in the mix for the for playoff spots in the AFC for the Denver Broncos to uh, to you know they've had a nice little season, nice season, and they've been competitive this year. But you know too too many you know too many uh, teams are in the mix for uh, there's only seven there's only seven spots. Too many teams in the mix. You know, for for NBC and for anybody else to sell to sell a bill of goods, that the Denver Broncos will be one of seven AFC teams to be a part of the AFC playoff uh, tournament. Come uh, you know, come the second weekend of January, January eighth uh, and ninth. So so don't fall for the smoke and mirrors. All oh, well, the Denver Broncos are six. They're six and five by luck and happenstance. They had no business beating the Cowboys on the road. And, and if the Chargers weren't such an inconsistent up and down football team, they had no business uh, beating the Chargers uh, last week either. Uh, so so you know so and the fact that you know t- and, and and let's face it also about the about the Broncos also they have no stars on that team you know what uh, okay Patrick Sertain okay fine but they they got no they got no stars on that team. You know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, uh, uh-uh, no, thank you. Uh, and their and their franchise player and Von Miller is is you know is is trying to is still trying to find ways to win football games as a and still trying to uh, impose as well as a Ram in the games that he's played in. Uh, currently riding this little three-game slide that he and his new team has been on for the last three weeks or so. So and so that that's another thing. There's no star there again outside of Patrick Sertain the second. There's no stars on this team. The wide receiver, quarterback, no, and nobody wants to watch Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, you know, play pedestrian football at Arrowhead in front of that raucous, uh, loud crowd of seventy plus thousand. On national on national television and frigid temperatures, at Kansas City, Missouri, listening to Chris Collinsworth drool over every breath Patrick Mahomes takes throughout the uh, throughout the three hour broadcast. I'm not interested in that. Nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants to watch that. I mean, uh, if I had a nickel for every single football fan. Regardless what, and few and few of them were Kansas City Chiefs fans. If I had a nickel for every single football fan I saw on the internet kill the NFL when they when they announced that this game was getting flexed on Sunday night, if I had a nickel for every single comment ripping the NFL for this decision, not uh, flexing uh, Cincinnati and Los Angeles on Sunday night, I'd have about I'd have about a, about a couple hundred bucks. You know, sitting sitting in my bank account right now. I mean, uh, how how can you do that? Honestly, I understand that they have no fan base there, but they are an LA based team. You know, the league the league profits off of and 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 their games and the and their quality of play is 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 only as good as the, as the uh, as the quarterback talent that they have. The Chargers and the Bengals are in that category with uh, with young quarterback talent that's going to that's going to uh, carry those two beleaguered franchises to relevance for at least a dozen years to come down the road. They're both two teams that currently hold playoff spots in the AFC. 
both of whom are chasing, you know, the uh, the Super Bowl, uh, the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. Bengals chasing the Ravens and the Chargers chasing Kansas City. Ironically, two, uh, ironically, those two teams, both of whom the Chargers have have uh, beaten the uh, have beaten the Chiefs on the road this season, and the Bengals have beaten the uh, Ravens at home this season, but still are behind them uh, in their respective divisions of the AFC. Are ch- uh, they're chasing them to uh, to try to steal the division from both of those two uh, franchises? Currently hold playoff spots in the AFC and the AFC as of uh, as of Oct- October, December the third, and they got young quarterback talent. First time these two quarterbacks have matched up against each other in their very, very, very young NFL careers, and uh, it's just more entertaining and more uh, I uh, remote. I put to, uh, this this is the phrase. They're more. It's more. Eye-popping and remote-stopping, get-your-popcorn-ready television than Broncos Chiefs. Broncos Chiefs could could be could end up a very very boring pedestrian, another one of those ho-hum Sunday night football games, which we've had a ton of essentially since uh, since uh, what uh, since. Um, uh, it feels like since Kansas City at Baltimore, you know, throw you know, Pack, Packers, 49ers, Kansas City, Baltimore, the Chargers, Steeler game, and uh, last week's was a little interesting, Be- just just because of the fact of how much of a defensive slugfest it was, and uh, scoring came at a premium. But the majority of the Sunday night football games this season have have been pedestrian, ho hum, I football games to watch. Why get why give your fans another one of those ho hum pedestrian games when you when you have a game right at your disposal, right for the taking in San Diego? I keep on saying San Diego, Los Angeles at Cincinnati makes no damn sense whatsoever. And I also don't want to hear the argument. Well, you know, it's, you know, the networks have certain games protected and all that sort of thing. nonsense. Because you know, because you know what? Because when the schedule came out, you know what network that game was originally on? That game was originally on Fox. It got flexed to CBS. Thank God, because I, you know, I, I didn't see enough uh, Bengal games on Fox this season to last a lifetime. But uh, but but that game, but that game originally was 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 scheduled to be on Fox, so it wasn't like that 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 CBS had that game protected as its number one, uh, as its number one, uh, you know, get, uh, as its number one game of the of their one o'clock window of games with with uh with the Ravens and Steelers game being the uh, being the uh, nightcap. At the being not the nightcap, but being the game of the week at four twenty-five with uh, Nance Romo and uh, and uh, Wolfson, the number one team. CBS CBS got that game. That game was flexed to be CBS's number one game of the one o'clock window. It did. It didn't. It wasn't like that from the get-go. It got flexed to that because of the NFL and NBC's stupidity of not flexing uh, the Chargers and Bengals game to Sunday night, which 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 is which is beyond stupid. Stupid.
stupid. Nobody, guys, wants to watch Teddy Two Gloves and, and a uh, and a, and a team with no stars on it and the Denver Broncos go up against Patrick. You know, get 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 uh, get dominated in a in a twenty four and a twenty four to and uh, a 24, 10, 24 uh, three snoozer against my against Mahomes and the Chiefs. Nobody wants to watch that. With Chris Collinsworth essentially creaming his pants over every uh, simple throw that that Mahomes makes. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to listen to that. When 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 there's a better alternative to be had. Trust me, nobody. You know, you make you make such a big deal. It's about it's about the be, you know Sunday night football. It's the best games with the best teams with the best teams with the best games, the best players on the on 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 the best and brightest stage on the best network that is NBC. Yet yet you, yet you give us this 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 pedestrian mediocre ho hum garbage. I mean, really. And again, you guys tried this last year, giving us Denver, uh, keep keeping Denver and uh, and Kansas City on prime time, and that game stunk. And I don't want to hear the argument. Well, it's Mahomes at Kansas City. Who cares? My goodness, just be just because just because a just because a matchup has a Super Bowl caliber team with all the superstars on it doesn't make it to be a great game worthy enough to be put on national television. Just because it's the Chiefs with Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, Andy Reid, doesn't mean that the that the game is worthy enough to be on national television. Because all because all of the star power and all of the superstars and all the reasons why you would ever want to watch that game in the first place, it's all on one it's all on one sideline. Kansas City. It's all on that one sideline. You know, watch get to watch Teddy Bridgewater and uh, and and watch Vic Fangio coach and watch the Denver Broncos. You're watching it because it's the Chiefs and Mahomes and all that sort of stuff. So it's all one sided. That do, that doesn't that doesn't make for a great prime time NFL football game. At least on paper, it doesn't. Chargers and the Bengals is more evened out. Burrow, Burrow, Burrow versus uh, Herbert. You know, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Mixon, uh, uh, going up against going up against Eckler and uh, Eckler and uh, Keenan Allen. Defensive side of the football, the Chargers got Joey got uh, got Joey Bosa. Bengals side of the ball, they got Trey Hendrickson, who they signed in the offseason. Uh, Jesse Bates. You know, you know, it, 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 there's a more balance of stars on both teams, and and Chargers Bengals than Broncos Chiefs. Just is. And I don't want to listen to to no to no uh, self absorbed cocky Chiefs fan saying, "Uh, well, you you all like it, you know." In games, in games that the Chiefs play, people watch. Don't sit and say people don't watch the Chiefs when the Chiefs play. When the Chiefs play, people watch the games. Everybody wants to see the Kansas City Chiefs because we're the best. And yada yada yada. 
bullcrap. Okay, go go take go take your uh, your your uh, you know your self-absorbed, arrogant Chiefs fandom and shove them up your ass crack. Will you please get away from me and get off the damn internet with that foolishness? The bottom line is, yes, yes, the Chiefs are a marketable team. Yes, the Chiefs are a good team. Yes, the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contending team. And yes, the Chiefs have have superstars on it that you would want to watch play on the national television stage. But just because they got players that you want to see play on a national stage doesn't mean that the game itself, itself, Broncos Chiefs, the game itself and the team that they're playing and the matchup between the two teams is worthy enough of being on prime time national television. And in this case, going up against Denver, it isn't. I don't care what any what any what any Chiefs fan or what uh, or what uh, or what Patrick or what any Patrick Mahomes groupie says. It's not a good game on paper, worthy enough to be on Sunday Night Football in comparison to Chargers and Bengals. It isn't. It j- I'm sorry, it just isn't. And I don't want to hear well the Broncos are six and five. Denver Broncos are not making the playoffs. Chargers and Bengals most likely will. Two teams, by the way, who are within an eyelash of being in first place in their respective divisions, both of whom, you know, who have beat their respective division rivals on the road earlier in the season, and their two and their two marketable quarterbacks that are going to be the faces of those respective teams for at least the next ten years plus. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater is not is not going to be the future face of the Denver Broncos five years down the road. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. And no, and nobody races in front of the television to watch to watch Teddy Bridgewater play quarterback. With all due respect to him, it, it's it, you got caught like you see it sometimes. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry, it's just the way it is. But it's not going to be on Sunday night, and as a result. I hope it's a uh, it's a twenty it's a twenty four to nothing twenty four three snooze fest in Kansas City, uh you know while uh you know while uh over, over while in Cincinnati about seven hours prior you get a fifty you get a fifty four fifty one classic Bengals winning of course between Herbert and Burrow in the Queen City. With uh, Iron Eagle, the great, phenomenal Iron Eagle on the call for CBS. That's what I want in the worst way imaginable. The night game to be a damn snooze fest, and and uh, and the Charger Bengal game to be the game of the year. Going to overtime, Evan McPherson wins it on a 56-yard field goal to win it. Take that, NFL and NBC. Anyway, I digress. Speaking of Chargers and the Bengals, that is the marquee game of the 1 o'clock window as we look ahead to Week 13 in the NFL. Uh, Chargers and Bengals, that's the uh, that's the marquee game of the 1 o'clock window in the NFL. Uh, Chargers, again, coming off of their, their road loss, uh, their road loss against Denver last week. They are a very, they are an up and down, inconsistent. You know how they're going to play this week type of team. Currently sitting at six and five, uh, and in second place in the in the AFC West. While my Cincinnati Bengals, of course, coming off of their uh, their forty one ten humiliation victory over division rival Pittsburgh last week, as they look to for the first time since twenty fifteen. That and that's when three games in a row, 
Uh, every single time that they've won two games in a row this season, they've ended up losing. They ended up losing the third game. We'll see if they can get over that little uh, that little uh, hurdle and win the, and uh, strike up a th- their first three game win streak for the first time since 2015. Uh, as uh, Joey Burrow and the you know Jamar uh, Jamar Chase, who the Bengals you know, and I went through this and I went through this recapping again with urinating tree. If you have listened to that episode, go ahead and check it. Uh, as well, had urinating tree on the show on Wednesday's episode. I mentioned it uh, in my little monologue, in my opening monologue on Friday, but I'll say it again. You know, the Bengals offense, which fell tremendously in love with the deep ball and the uh, and the home run ball, the all or nothing play, burrowed a chase to begin the to begin the season, then had a little bit of a rut in the Jet and the Brown game. Uh, Zach Taylor, Callahan and company did a phenomenal job coming out of the bye week, diversifying the offense more, spreading the wealth of the passing game more, getting uh, T. Higgins uh, some more touches, getting T. Higgins some more receptions, and then, of course, working in Joe Mixon and uh, having a a run-first type of game plan and letting Jamar Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon just uh, do his thing with running the football, impose as well on the opposing defense, wear out the the opposing uh, defensive uh, line and the opposing defensive uh, line and the opposing defensive linebackers, uh, control the t- uh, work the clock, control time of possession, and eventually, you know, as Zach Taylor put it in the in the uh, Raider game, break the dam, and that dam being the opposing offense to set up the ability to have the big play in the passing game, i.e., the thirty-plus yard pass of uh, Burrow to T. Higgins in the corner of the end zone. Uh, back in the first half, and you blink before you know it. You know it's a uh, it's an absolute bloodbath that Paul Brown and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, went so about midway through the fourth quarter without putting the ball uh, in the end zone. That game I expect to be an absolute doozy come Sunday afternoon. And then you have the Ravens in Pittsburgh. Ravens coming off of their uh, gutty, grimy, ugly, ugly, ugly Sunday night victory at home against Cleveland, 16-10, uh, 16-10, as they play uh, only their third divisional game of the of the 2021 season thus, thus far. Back-to-back Browns last week, Steelers coming up this Sunday. Steelers, of course, coming off of the aforementioned beatdown against Cincinnati last week as they look to try to save their season and, uh, and try to uh, hold on to any playoff hopes that they may have left. While the Ravens, of course, still trying to keep the nose to the grindstone and uh, and keep the uh, pedal to the metal and try to make and try to uh, further their distance from Cincinnati and the AFC North. That game, of course, the uh, four twenty five game of the week on CBS. And like I told you guys last week, you know, I expect Lamar Jackson to play better. I, I expect him to make certain reads and to make certain to make the right reads. And not repeat the same mistake uh, again against Pittsburgh, uh, like he did against Cleveland, throwing the four interceptions, like he did on Sunday night. I expect them to uh, make better throws down the field, use better judgment, uh, take a little bit more care of the football, not get not not get uh, dangerously aggressive with his decision making, and let the game come to him, which uh, shouldn't be an issue against a uh, 
uh, beat up, uh, not just uh, with the injuries, but also beat up confidence-wise a uh, beleaguered uh, Pittsburgh Steelers team in their first matchup of the 2021 uh, season. And, of course, you have the Monday night game, which could end up being being an absolute doozy between the pit, between the uh, New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. The Patriots, who are one of the hottest teams in all of football right now, flying high. You won yet another game. Uh, won yet another game. Uh, again, this time against the uh, Tennessee Titans at home last week, as they could do no wrong. Phenomenal quarterback play from Al- from uh, Mac Jones. They can run the football tremendously well. Defense, uh, you know, leads leads the universe. It feels like in takeaways. Uh, and could do no wrong on the defensive side of the football as well as the New England Patriots have just had their way with their opponents essentially for the last month, uh, a month, a month or so, as they look to uh, you know remind the Buffalo Bills that yeah you may have had you you know you may have a little had your little run during 2020, but the AFC East always has been and always will be the division of the New England Patriots and Buffalo, you know, from a Buffalo Bills standpoint of things, they got to remind New England, Hey, you know, your day, your little, uh, 20 season reign of, uh, controlling this division and, and pushing us and knocking us around left and right. And, you know, those, those are, those days are over and those days for now are a thing of the past. You know, we are the new top dogs here in this division and we're going to come up to you and we're going to, uh, and we're not going to, you, you, if you want, if you want control of this AFC East back, you're going to have to take it from us. We're not going to give it to you. And one of the reasons how they can, you know, make this into a dog fight and continue to stay on top is at top of the AFC East is that's better quarterback play from Josh Allen. And overall, this team needs to needs to find a running back and find a running game outside of Josh Allen. But that's you know that's something that they have to fix and patch up uh, after the season coming up in the off season. But, you know, for the time being, they need, they got to have Josh Allen take care of the football, protect the football. He had two bad interceptions at the end of the first in the, at the one, one to close out the first half, but two in the first half uh, in their game against the saints on Thanksgiving, where if that was the 2018 or 2019 Hell, maybe even the 2020 New Orleans Saints, uh, Buffalo probably would have lost that game. But going up against Trevor Simeon and the Saints entered to hell and back, they, they walked out of there with an easy victory on Thanksgiving night. But uh, Josh Allen's got to do a better job taking care of the football, limit the mistakes. Uh, like Lamar Jackson, be the I have no issues with the with the aggressiveness, with the aggressive decision making and the aggressive play calling, but it has to be within reason, and the aggression and the aggressiveness cannot turn into dangerousness as far as uh, as far as your uh, decision making, what uh, where and when to throw the football, and and your play calling got the aggressiveness is fine. But you gotta play smart, and you got to play uh, play within your means, and 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 have a and have a pulse of the of the situation at hand and the game situation at hand, and make your and make your decision making from there, and also have that defense step up and uh, shut down a Patriot offense that uh, that you know has done like like their defense has played you know has played like they could do no wrong. 
uh, as well. But that's going to be a very, very, very could end up, you know, the Monday night game is still Raver, Raiders and Ravens from uh, Raiders and Ravens from week one and Colts and Ravens being a close number two. It's, it has the, it looks on paper, it's the best Monday night football game of the season on paper heading into it. We'll see if this game between the Patriots and the Bills lives up to the hype. Not often that you uh, get a great Monday night game uh, in the month of December uh, in the latter stages of the NFL season. Uh, so that is where you stand as far as Week 13 in the National Football League is concerned. It's about that time. We missed on Week 12 last week. We're back with you in Week 13 this week. Week 13 in the National Football League in a league where they play. Pepe. Game number one between my Cincinnati Bengals. 7-4 going up against the 6-5 Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers last time out lost. Road game to division rival Denver Bengals coming off of a 41-10 victory uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers last Sunday. Second of a three-game homestand for my Bengals. They're favored by three. Give me my Cincinnati Bengals to win the game in an absolute thriller by the final score of 38-35. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against uh, the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa coming off of a last-second victory. Leonard Fournette's four-touchdown day against uh, Jonathan Taylor and the Indianapolis Colts. They uh, road trip conter uh, continues, excuse me, I combined returns and continues. How about that for a word? Uh, going up against the division rival Atlanta Falcons, who are currently sitting at 5-6. and six. Atlanta beat the lift and howl out of the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. Tampa's favorite minus 10.5. Uh, give me the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win this game by the final score of 28-10. Arizona Cardinals are 9-2 going up against the Chicago Bears. Bears lost to, the, excuse me, they won last second field goal against the Lions on Thanksgiving last week. Arizona favorite minus 7.5. Uh, the, the details as far as the injury report is concerned uh, with Kyler Murray and uh, with uh, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Both are questionable for this game. Chase, uh, excuse me, James Wiggins is out. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray listed as questionable for this game in Chicago against the 4-7 Chicago Bears. Give me the Arizona Cardinals to win this game by the final score. Counting on if Murray plays by the final score of 24-17. Uh, Minnesota Vikings going against the Detroit Lions. Detroit dropped their 10th game of the season on Thanksgiving in their aforementioned game against the Bears. They go up against the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, last time out lost to the San Francisco 49ers on a road last week. They're currently sitting at 5-6, favored minus 7.5 points. Give me the Minnesota Vikings to beat the Detroit Lions to improve the 6-6 six six on the season by the final score of... 28-21. New York football Giants won last time out beating the division rival Philadelphia Eagles at home. They go south, fly south to play the Miami Dolphins who are currently 
uh, running a nice little win streak themselves at 5-7. and seven. They're favored uh, by six points, giving the Miami Dolphins to improve the 6-7 and seven on the season by the final score of 21-10. to 10. Philadelphia Eagles, aforementioned game against the Giants. They lost two on the road last time. They stay in the state of New Jersey to take on, this time, the Jets, who lost last time out to the, uh, or excuse me, who beat the Texans on the road. I apologize. Uh, in week 12, Jets are 3-8. and eight. Or excuse me, the Eagles are 5-7. and seven. Eagles favored by a touchdown, 7 points. Giving a Philadelphia Eagles to win this game by the final score of 27-20. to 20. Indianapolis Colts came within an eyelash of beating the Bucks at home last week. They uh, go, they uh, fly south to play division rival Houston at two and nine, who lost last time out to the Jets at home. Indianapolis is favored by ten points, giving the Indianapolis Colts to win this game by the final score of 31-21. And Washington takes on. Uh, Vegas Vegas beat the Washington division rival Cowboys in overtime on Thanksgiving last week. Uh, Vegas is favored by a point. Washington uh, beat the Seahawks uh, by way of a Russell Wilson uh, intercepted two-point conversion pass earlier in the week on Monday night. Uh, that game is at 4:05 on Fox. Give me the uh, give me Washington to win this game by a final score of 24 to 21. Jacksonville Jaguars fly westward to take on the Los Angeles Rams, who are currently riding a three-game win streak. This is a this is a recipe dished up by the football gods to get the Rams off the schneid and get their confidence back. Going up against the hapless Jaguars, who fall to two and nine on a 2021 ske- on the 2021 season. Raiders, not Raiders, Rams are favored minus 13 points. Favored by 13 points in a game. Give me the Rams to get back on their hot, hot streak. Get back on. They haven't been on a hot streak. That's the point. Uh, to get back on their winning ways. Give me the Rams to win this game by the final score of 41 to 17. And the game and the game of the four o'clock window between uh, the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sorry about that with the uh, mic moving there. Uh, Baltimore is at 8-3, beat division rival Cleveland on Sunday night, 16-10. They go on the road to play Pittsburgh for the first time this season. Pittsburgh dropped a 5-5 on the year, uh, having lost to my Bengals 41-10 last week. Pittsburgh trying to keep their season and playoff hopes alive, sitting at the 500 mark at this point in the season. Ravens playing with house money. Can't lose to Pittsburgh, though, if you want that number one seed in the AFC and want to fend off Cincinnati for first place in the AFC North. Ravens' favorite, minus four and a half. Give me the Baltimore Ravens to win this game in an absolute absolute convincing fashion by the final score of 31-10. And the San Francisco 49ers going up against the uh, Seattle Seahawks. San Francisco favorite minus three and a half. They beat the Vikings last time out going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle uh, lost uh, in a close one to Washington on Monday night on the road last week. Seattle trying to avoid their first 
sub 500 season. Get, be aware of that. Their first sub 500 season, and the for the first time in the Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson Pete Carroll era, they have finished above 500 every single year with those two at the helm since 2012. You have to go back to 2011. The last time the Seahawks finished uh, below 500, they tried to avoid that in their game against San Francisco, who's catching a little bit of lightning in a bottle, riding a little bit of a hot streak recently, trying to get a wild card spot in the NFC playoffs. And the Denver Broncos going up against the Kansas City Chiefs and what should be a snooze fest for the Sunday night game of the week. Kansas City at 7-4 coming off of the bye, uh, while Denver coming off of their uh, upset victory over Denver, or excuse me, not over Denver, over the Chargers at home last week. Denver 6-5, Kansas City 7-4. Denver's tied with the Chargers for second place in the AFC playoff, or excuse me, in the AFC West division. Uh, Kansas City favorite minus, minus 9.5. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs to win this game by the final score of 27-10. And you have the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football. Buffalo favorite minus 2.5. New England took care of business against uh, Tennessee last week at home. Buffalo coming off of their Thanksgiving road victory to get them to get their confidence back against the Saints uh, last Thursday night. Give me the New England Patriots to win this game in an absolute Monday Night Football Classic by the final score of 27 to 24. And those are your week 13 picks against the spread in the league where they play for pay. So you got all your you got you got my thoughts on a major league baseball lockout, a couple of free agency signings, a little NBA, little college football in the mix with the conference championships later this weekend, and of course your NFL as well. Uh, and that is your program for the weekend of Friday, December the third, twenty twenty one. If you like what you're hurting and new to the program, please subscribe. If you haven't already, follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at DJ Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatelit underscore podcast. And the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore ATIS. It is your boy, Jai Shield. Have a safe weekend, everybody, and a good weekend. Enjoy the sports. I will talk to you next week. See ya.